Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Tom Hartman Program. This is amazing. A new study out that just recently published this, it has not yet been peer reviewed, but it's in pre-publication, public health experts at the University of Kentucky. And they looked at Texas specifically because back in November, before people were being vaccinated, the governor, Greg Abbott, opened all the public schools in Texas. And all of them were supposed to be open for the fall semester at near full capacity. And the estimate that they came up with, looking at what happened as a consequence of that, and they, they were using cell phone data as well to watch people moving around and watch the change in Texas when the public schools opened in how mobile people became. And their estimate is that roughly as a result of this one single order by this one single governor in this one single state, Greg Abbott, the Republican governor of Texas, 43,000 Texans got COVID-19 and 800 of them died as a result of his order to open the schools before it was safe to open the schools. I mean, the Republican Party is being run by stupid. There's a new COVID variant. It's called B1.6172. B16172, and it is out of India. This is uh, Eric Fengelding, a physician who has been a guest on this program several times, is tweeting about this, and there's a link to a story in the Oklahoman. And so if you, if you want the whole thing, you can check out his Twitter account. It's D-R Eric E-R-I-C Ding, D-I-N-G. D-R-E-R-I-C D-I-N-G is his Twitter handle. There's a story associated with this. The Oklahoma State Department of Health announced it has identified a cluster of 17 cases of the B16172 variant, including three that were fully vaccinated people and two who were partially tra- vaccinated and travel did not play a role in any of these. So this is community spread, in other words. Dr. Dale Bratzler, the chief COVID officer for the University of Oklahoma, said data indicates that the B1.617.2 variant, also called the Indian variant for where it was first detected, is about six times lower neutralization than other variants to antibodies generated by vaccines. In other words, it's six times more capable of evading a vaccine. Doesn't mean it's 100% capable of doing so. But it is six times more capable of doing it than any of the other variants. So if the other variants can sneak around a vaccine, depending on the vaccine, you know, they say, for example, that uh, Pfizer is 95% effective, right? A regular COVID can sneak around at 5% of the time and actually infect somebody who's already vaccinated. These are called breakthrough infections. Well, It looks like the British variant might be a little more potent than that. The South African variant might be able to sneak through more than 5% of the time. Well, whatever it is, let's say say that 5% of the time is what they can all sneak through. This one would be six times that, which means 30% of the time, if I'm doing my math right. Now, I don't, again, I'm not a public health officer, but 
I'm just reading what they're saying here. 30% of the time, it can sneak past the vaccine and get you. He said, Department of Health officials said last week the vaccines are still thought to provide some protection against the Indian variant. Oh, gee. And it's time for us to take our masks off. Brassler said, uh, again, quoting from Dr. Fengelding, Brassler said he wasn't surprised to see the breakthrough infections when people who have been fully vaccinated against COVID-19 become infected, associated with the Indian B1617.2 variant, quote, since it does appear to spread faster and be less inhibited by antibodies from vaccine, end quote. The uh, Healthier Oklahoma Coalition News Conference, the speaker, I guess it was Dr. Brassler, said, quote, I think we're going to continue to see breakthrough infections occur. I think they're going to be more common with variant strains to which you don't have as good a protection. As of May 10th, the State Department of Health had identified 258 vaccine breakthrough cases in Oklahoma. I am not taking my mask off in public in public places. I'll just tell you right up front. If I have to walk into a store or into an office or if somebody has to walk into my place of business, it's going to be with a mask. Period. Full stop. John in uh, Warsaw, Wisconsin. Hey, John, what's on your mind? Here in Warsaw, Wisconsin, it is masks off to the hilt. Hmm. As soon as that kind of directive came out, it was back to uh, quote normal so things not looking good here on that front one of my very best friends longest friends actually we used to call him java man back in the day lived in east lansing he was going to college when i was living there in fact i lived in a house that he owned for quite some time and we kept in touch over the years and and he's been down in mexico for a couple weeks and sent me a note that he's flying back to Michigan. And I'm like, whoa, you know, you're flying, right? And he, and he couldn't get a vaccine in, in Mexico. And I'm like, yo, man, please be careful. Double mask, you know, don't even, don't even take it off to eat or drink. I mean, just dehydrate yourself. Just get there, get there safely. He got there yesterday, I think, and I'm kind of holding my breath for a few days. Um, but uh, tough times in Michigan right now. Scott in Los Angeles. Hey, Scott, what's up? Hiya, Tom. I uh, just appreciate you very much and what you do you mentioned chiropractic and i just wanted to tell you a little bit about my experience with it in the last few months in -hmm. general they're anti-vax and i don't want to say all chiropractors that's not appropriate but i had a chiropractor i knew for 20 years and had been seeing for about a decade and he sends a weekly email and in december he sent out an email saying that 85 percent of covid patients were mask wearers and I looked at the footnote, and it was Breitbart. So I already knew that was a problem. Yeah. And it took me about 20 seconds to debunk it. I literally yeah. haven't been back to him since. I know his children, who are grown now, but in his office, there's a poster of his daughter, and it says, never vaccinated and always healthy, so on and so forth. And then, mm. so I sought a new chiropractor. This guy was highly recommended and everything. When I came to him, first time, we went into the room together, and he didn't pull his mask up. And I said, are you going to pull your mask up? And he goes, yeah, I don't really need to in here. And it was like, well, that's really where you do need to. Last week, he was going off to go to Florida from Los Angeles. And I asked him, I said, well, you've been vaccinated. And he said, I don't do that. And so I haven't been back to him either. And I did a little research (laughs) and I found that it goes back to Dee Dee Palmer, who invented chiropractic. And he was an anti-vaxxer against a smallpox vaccine. And it's it's huh. endemic in their training, and yeah. it's a real problem. I, way back in in the day, back you know when I was a teenager, nineteen twenty years old, Louise and I ran this thing called the Michigan Healing Arts Center, and we had a physician, uh, Carol Varner was her name. We had a chiropractor; his name was Charlie Drosty. Uh, Carol, our doc, used to refer to to him as uh, Doctor Upchuck the Back Quack. It was very friendly, you know. We had a massage therapist, myomassologist, uh, you know, straight, legitimate massage and everything. We had this old, big old house out in Okumas that we had turned into this center. And I was studying herbs and homeopathy and stuff like that. But, you know, I knew Charlie really well. He was a chiropractor. In fact, he was the chiropractor for the MSU rugby team. He was a fan of vaccination. It wasn't an ideology with him. Maybe he was the outlier. I don't know. I'm sad to hear that. I know who Palmer was and, you know, the the Palmer method, in fact, is what Charlie used and showed me a lot of the moves. And Louise and I used to practice on each other. 
maybe I should call them back today and say, are you ever going to get vaccinated? Because if you're not, I need to do some shopping. <laughs> so. sure. My wife got her second Moderna yesterday and I get mine on Sunday and I'm looking forward to it, actually. Good on you. It's like, you know, the world kind of brightens up a little bit and suddenly there's opportunity. And and, you know, now, uh, you know, the, some of the things that we've wanted to do, we'll, we'll be able to do. Thanks a lot for the call, Scott. Tim in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Hey, Tim, we just have a minute to the break. You want to talk about a chiropractor, too? Kind of. You're uh, promoting calling your favorite restaurants, chiropractor, etc., and saying, hey, gee whiz, I'll come along when you, know, when you start demanding vaccination records at the door and such. In order to get more people to sign on to doing something like this, it might be wise to encourage people to call those establishments that are, in fact, not their favorites, not the ones they despise, but the ones they rarely go to. Because Mm -hmm. if your primary establishment fails to follow through, then on a matter of principle, you can no longer go there. You see what I mean? Right. So now you have a plan B. Is that your point, Tim? Yeah, yeah. Kind of, it's a yeah. psychological thing to spur people yeah. instead of no. going up against their favorite establishment, go up against the ones that are not I get their it. favorite establishment. Well, call all of them, for that matter. I'm just trying to encourage people. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Defending America from the conservative weapons of mass deception. Tom Hartman here right with you. Dennis in Aptos, California. Hey, Dennis, what's on your mind? I wanted to mention that this past weekend on Ira Glass's This American Life NPR, Mm -hmm. they had the whole story about what happened here in Santa Cruz County regarding COVID. The two county health officials here who are still here, they didn't quit. They almost quit. You know, they were getting death threats. This is in liberal Santa Cruz County, but they also brought up, you know, the, the people that were involved in the anti-mask were, you know, these old hippies, <laughs> if you want, you know, extremist mm-hmm. leftists, and of course the Trump Z's. But the other half of the show was about a Frank Luntz focus group with seven Trump supporters, Trump voters, who were refusing to get vaccinations. And it was a Zoom meeting that he had with these people in order to get them vaccinated. They had a couple of Republican politicians on talking to them and a couple of doctors. But the guy who got them actually to say that they were going to get vaccinated, Chris Christie, he told his story of getting sick and almost dying. And that did the trick, apparently. Yeah. Nothing like being afraid of dying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, and 50, 60 year old people. One of the women was interviewed and, and she said, well, when he talked about Hope Hicks, she got really sick and she's only like 30 mm. and she runs like four or five miles a day. And that's what mm. really got her. It wasn't just Christie's story about being hospitalized, but a young woman getting yeah. sick. And she said, hey, if she could get sick like that, then maybe I should get vaccinated. Yeah. And it turns out Trump was actually a whole lot sicker than we realized. His oxygen levels were in the 80s, which means he was really, really uh, on the edge there when they took him to Walter Reed. So that story will never be known, uh, at least from his lips. And he's apparently has no interest in pointing out to people that he and he did make that one off statement where he said, yeah, sure, go get vaccinated. But but, you know, he and Melania both got vaccinated in secret while he was president and she was first lady. They just didn't want people to know because, hey, they're trying, in my opinion, and this is the most cynical possible, but I have not heard anything that rebuts it or seen anything that that even suggests that I'm wrong, is that they're trying to sabotage the Biden administration, just like they tried to sabotage the Obama administration for eight years by claiming that Obama wasn't wasn't a legitimate president, wasn't a U.S. citizen. And, uh, you know, not to mention... Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's going to be wild to watch. I wanted to share with you this new coronavirus story that is very troubling. I mean, this is the reason why, or one of the reasons why it is so destructive that right-wing media, Fox News, the Republican Party, the Trump faction in the Republican Party basically are spreading this idea 
that you shouldn't get vaccinated or spreading these bizarre stories that people who are vaccinated are somehow shedding viruses or particles or something, you know, which is a complete lie. It's complete nonsense. Or that, you know, the vaccine is going to change your DNA or turn you into a zombie or something like that. It's these variants. There is a new variant. This one has appeared multiple travelers. This from um, nature.com, you know, Nature Magazine, the science magazine, a piece by Smitri Malapali. Multiple travelers carried a new coronavirus variant from Central Africa to Europe, where it has now spread to at least a dozen countries. It's called B1620. It was first detected in Lithuania, and then they started doing genomic analysis across Europe and discovered it in several European samples and found that it had been circulating as early as February and uh, is now present in France, Belgium, and other European countries. Uh, they found six people living in the Central African Republic near the Cameroonian border and seven people in Europe who had recently returned from Cameroon who were carrying this variant. We know that the variant coming out of India is more contagious than any of the other variants and is more deadly than any of the other variants. This variant appears to be at least equally contagious and deadly and perhaps more so. We need to stop this virus. We need to stop it in the United States. We need to stop it worldwide. And that means getting the planet vaccinated. And that means pushing up and speeding up this TIPS program. And here's where the, the thing in India is so problematic. There is a fungus. It is called uh, mucormycosis or black fungus. Mucormycetes is the actual name of the organism. This black fungus usually, typically only affects people who are immune compromised, people who have AIDS or people who are on high levels of drugs that suppress the immune system. It is ravaging the hospital wards in India where they are treating patients with COVID because the principal treatment for COVID nowadays, the main thing that they've learned that prevents people from just melting down and dying is giving people steroids is shutting down their immune system because it's the immune response to the virus that is doing so much of the damage in the body. And so they put people on steroids and that makes them vulnerable to fungal infections. And we're not talking athlete's foot here. This, this is something where literally when you get this or when people get this, this is so far confined to India, people get this, it typically invades the eyes and the teeth and the gums and people have to have their eyes removed and their lower jaws removed when they get this fungus. And 50% of the people who get this fungus die within a few days. I mean, that's how deadly this is. And now you have three states in India that have declared state black fungus emergencies, Rajasthan and Telangana, and Maharashtra state alone has reported several thousand cases of this black fungus among people who are being treated for COVID. And at the moment, this is confined to India. And now they're starting to run out of steroids, which might be a mixed blessing. More people will die from COVID. Fewer people are going to get the black fungus. I mean, we've got to stop this thing. And the reason that they're using so many, there's so much steroid use on this in India is because the principal variant now, this Indian variant, is just ripping across the subcontinent and it is more deadly and it is more contagious than even the British variant, the B117, that is currently ripping through parts of the United States. And by the way, it's not going to be the last one. So, I mean, just as a, as a simple, logical, thoughtful public health measure, pushing back on the crazy pushing back on, on Republicans who are trying to politicize a damn virus and trying to sabotage Joe Biden's efforts for political purposes. They, you know, so that they can have, you know, well, let's have another 500,000 Americans die so we can say, oh, Trump wasn't so bad. Look at how many died when Biden was president. That's amazing. Or is it... People, you know, is the Republican Party vying to win the Darwin Awards, right? <laughs> Two 
Too stupid to live. I don't know. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef to you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Welcome back. Tom Harbin here with you. Christine in Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Christine, thanks for listening to 92.7 FM. What's up? I just had a story about my dentist. I Mm -hmm. asked them if they were vaccinated because I wanted to know, and they said they would not tell me because of HIPAA law. That's a lie. The HIPAA law says that they can't tell you about your next door neighbor. But anybody can reveal their own personal medical information to anybody under any circumstances, as long as they're not being coerced. That was just their way of saying, we're not going to tell you. I even asked if I could just speak just to the dentist personally and ask him if he would tell me. And she said no. She checked with somebody and she came back and said no. Because of HIPAA, they were not giving out that information. You've got a dentist whose office listens to right-wing talk radio or watches Fox News. That's real sad. That's the next call I've got to make. I actually had a filling fallout a few months ago, and I got this temporary filling stuff on Amazon that is in that tooth right now. I've got an appointment for early May, but I've got a call and just I I want to confirm that you're all fully vaccinated. and, and, And that's all you're seeing in your office before I'll walk in there. So. Well, I have been anyway, to the dentist, and it is kind of scary, but I put a small mask just over my nose when I mm-hmm. go in, and then oh, that seemed to work. So you're breathing through your nose. Right. Yeah. But anyway, I wondered about the HIPAA law, if that prevents them yeah. from... Yeah, no, that was, that was BS. I'm not a physician, and I can't represent myself as an authority on the HIPAA law, but I would be astonished if I'm wrong in saying that individual can tell you anything. He may not be able to, under HIPAA, tell you that his dental hygienist is vaccinated without that person's Mm -hmm. permission, but you would think that everybody in the office would give permission to say, yes, I've had a vaccine. It's not like saying, hey, I've had a venereal disease. I mean, it's like, you know, it's a completely different thing. It's something good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for your help. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Good talking with you, Christine. Thank you. Judith in San Antonio. Hey, Judith, what's up? I have a brother who's a doctor of chiropractic down in Miami. He's had the COVID. He's been vaccinated. He doesn't let anyone in his office without a mask. He wears a mask. It's been decades since he went to school. Yeah, so it's not the profession. It's just the individual, you know, some folks are crackpots and some aren't. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that, Judith. I I really appreciate it. Thank you very kindly. Alfredo in Mountain View, California. Hey, Alfredo, what's up? I think that the way the vaccines are being produced is not a very, very good way uh, for the public. There should be an independent panel of scientists evaluating all the vaccines and, and then pick 
Well, but they are not. They should be picking uh, the best vaccine and, and and use that model to produce all the vaccines. But instead, we have drug companies bidding for these That's vaccines. That's called competition. That's, How's that a bad thing, Alfredo? Well, you have vaccines. What, what like if the one that we picked was the least effective one? Earlier, I don't think it was Fauci, but it was somebody from the federal government was presenting the information on the uh, Sino, I think it's called Sinopharm, P-H-A-R-M, the Chinese vaccine. It's less effective. The Russian vaccine seems to be less effective. It depends on the different variants. There's different levels of effectiveness. I think, frankly, it's a good idea that we have that variety of things right now. It's, you know, what's going to shake out eventually is what's best. But we also have 7 billion people on this planet. We've only produced about a billion shots so far. I believe less than 3% of them have gone to low-income countries. Crime in and of itself. All um, these things that we need to address. Yeah. I wanted to ask you regarding the AstraZeneca vaccine. Has anyone tried, for example, uh, taking anti-inflammatories like aspirin for those who are, so that people can, if people are having these blood clot issues, wouldn't that prevent these issues? No, it wouldn't. In fact, they specifically, this is one of the reasons why there was this long pause with the J&J vaccine. And this is what they've learned in Europe with the AstraZeneca also, is that these types of blood clots that are formed are not forming in people who would typically be at risk for for blood clots, people who are dehydrated or people who have very, very large number of platelets or people who have clotting disorders. In fact, it's the opposite. It seems to be appearing in people who have somewhat lower levels of platelets, you know, of red blood cells than than normal. Follow your doctor's advice. Uh, I have no advice to give you on that other than to say it's widely, widely known that it's a whole completely different thing. Let's see here, uh, Catherine in Clearwater, South Carolina. Tom, I've been watching your show, and it seems like everything seems to point back to conspiracies. There's conspiracies about elections, conspiracies about vaccines and everything. And my family is falling into these traps, and I'm trying to wrap my head around it, Tom. I started researching. I can't seem to find any good books about it. Which, which, I don't, I'm not sure what topic you're talking about. Just conspiracies in general and how people are falling into them, you know, with the anti-vaxxing, with everything lately, politics and the election was stolen and, you know. Great question, Catherine. Let me ponder that. I don't have a off the top of my head answer other than reading some of the dailycoes.com kind of websites. You're listening to Tom Hartman. (laughs) The... uh, the crazies are out in massive numbers. It's at school that I told you about where the head of the school sent out the letter to all the teachers saying, we've had problems with uh, vaccinated teachers being around unvaccinated teachers and screwing up their menstrual cycles. And we think that it's dangerous for vaccinated teachers to be near students. So you can't come. Turns out she's a mega donor to the Republican Party, at least according to the headline over at Raw Story right now. In fact, they've flipped the frame on the story from craziness in a school to GOP megadonor promotes craziness in a school. <laughs> oh, my God. Alan in Seattle. Hey, Alan, what's on your mind today? Yeah, well, that story uh, about the school is why we can't have nice things, I think. I've been out of work as a professional stagehand for over a year now because, of mm-hmm. course, theaters and rock and roll and conventions and trade shows gather large groups of people together in small spaces. So as long as people coming in from out of state, like Florida, aren't vaccinated, how the heck am I supposed to be able to go back to work? Because we'll never get there. Well, and this is why we need vaccine passports, and it's why we need social pressure, and it's why every day that goes by that Donald Trump doesn't create a PSA saying, I was vaccinated even though I had COVID, and so is my wife. It was a good thing. You should be, too. It's why half of all the Republicans in the U.S. House of Representatives refuse to tell a news organization whether they have or have not been vaccinated. It's why those folks are arguably, and this is going to sound really, you know, kind of radical, but they're arguably committing a form of murder, a form of homicide, uh, you know, not first degree, but whatever that is, murder by neglect or murder by, you know, 
equivalent of yelling fire in a crowded theater and somebody gets trampled and dies. You know, it's it, it, only it's kind of the other way around. I would love to see a crowded uh, theater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, metaphor for you, Alan. Well, I hope you get back to work soon. And I did notice there's, uh, you know, one of the football teams, I'm sorry, I'm not a sports fan, so I, I, I don't recall which one it was, but one of the football teams had a game last weekend and they had a whole section in the stadium that was devoted exclusively to people who would show a, a vaccine card. And in that part of the stadium, people could sit together with each other. They could be with their families, you know, et cetera. Whereas everywhere else, everybody had to social distance and wear masks and things. So I think it's coming. I think it's coming slowly. And like I said yesterday, I think one of the things that we can do to encourage this is call the places of business that we have patronized, would like to patronize, or even that, you know, you just just like to poke them. And just say, hey, you know, I'd, I'd like to come down to your garden store and, and pick out some tomatoes for my garden this afternoon. I just want to make sure that you're only letting people who are vaccinated in there because I don't want to be walking around with some guy who's got the, the South African variant, which is starting to show up here now in Oregon. And you can get this variant even if you're vaccinated. You won't die from it, but you can still get it and it can still cause damage. I would just like to know that everybody in your store has been vaccinated. Uh, you know, uh, are you ready to have me as a customer? And I think, you know, if they start getting enough calls like that, then we'll see the time when, for example, to get into a theater, you've got to show your proof of vaccination and people like you working in the theater will feel safe and people like me coming to the theater will feel safe. And that'll be a good thing. Alan, I got to move yes. on to thank you for the call. Well said. Thank you very much. I wish you the very best. Pat in LaPorte, Indiana. Hey, Pat, what's up? Hi, Tom. I have a couple of ideas for incentives to get people to be vaccinated. Besides your idea of social pressure, which I think is great, but, you know, insurance companies love to have a new product, and the Republicans love to support big business like insurance companies. Why can't there be a premium charge for people who have decided that they're not going to get vaccinated for COVID? You know, in other words, if you're not going to get vaccinated, you're going to cost my company more money. So we're going to charge you a premium for, you know, for the fact that you are not vaccinated. I'm I'm guessing, I'm guessing probably, Pat, within six months, you're going to start seeing that happen. Yeah, I think that should happen sooner because, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are are saying, oh, I'm not going to get vaccinated because of, you know, just ridiculous reasons like it's going to change my race or it's going to affect my (laughs) DNA. You know, that's that's nuts. There's baby parts in there. (laughs) You know, if it's going to affect their pocketbook, they may think about it differently. So probably July, August, the insurance companies are going to start looking at this going, when we get somebody with COVID, that costs us, you know, 300,000 bucks for their hospitalization and their treatment, plus the long-term consequences could be another million. Whereas we get somebody who's vaccinated, then they don't get COVID. It doesn't cost us that. So we're either going to offer discounts for people who are vaccinated, or we're going to offer a surcharge for people who aren't. It just makes sense. It yep, just makes absolutely. sense. But they're going to have to wait until, until, until it's widely available, which is not yet now. And I want you to keep pushing the idea of insurance for gun owners, just like public mm-hmm. liability insurance for driving a car. You know, yep. if you own a gun, whether you're a police officer or whether you're a private citizen, you should have insurance. You hurt somebody, you damage someone's property by, you know, uh, shooting through their window, whatever. You should be able to say, hey, your insurance needs to cover this. Yeah. And by the way, we have liability insurance, not just with our cars. We have it also with our homeowner's insurance. Oh, if somebody slips on, on, on your sidewalk or, you know, in your living room and falls and injures themselves, you have homeowner's insurance that protects you, that, you know, liability insurance. So, yeah, well, it, keep, it should be. Keep doing the good work you're doing, Tom. Listen to you okay. every day and appreciate your ideas. Thanks, Pat. I'll do my very best. Great to hear from you. Paul in Woodenville, Washington. Hey, Paul, what's up? I'd go a little further and say, once we have a surplus supply of vaccine doses and no takers, that's Mm -hmm. the date at which we say, if you get COVID and you are not vaccinated, you will not be allowed to come to the hospital. You will have to be treated either at home or what they ought to do is set up tents at the county fairgrounds and say, you'll go to the COVID concentration camp. But you're not coming to the hospital to get in the way of everybody else who comes for Eat stitches because they, you know they got a cut or something or any other. You're not gonna you're not gonna stand in the way of progress. 
just because right. you refuse. Create COVID sanatoriums. You know, back in the That's 80s exactly when we were right. fighting the, uh, the smoking wars, the smoking, no smoking wars, and I used to carry around a little battery-operated fan and embarrass Louise whenever we'd sit in a restaurant. <laughs> back then there was talk about, you know, there were people who were arguing that people who get lung cancer who are smokers should not get treatment in hospitals. And it was pretty widely rejected as, you know, we can be tough, but that's brutal. You offered a a kind of a plan B that was not offered back then, which is, okay, we'll take some facilities, maybe some old hospitals or old sanatoriums or an old hotel someplace, and we'll turn those into exclusively for COVID. And so you kind of get dumped into the COVID, what do you want to call it, uh, sanatorium or something. Well, That's um, that's an idea, um, Paul. You know, I made this argument to my mother, my very aged mother, who was a retired nurse practitioner, and she was very upset with me. Oh, you can't do that. And I said, Mom, things are different now. We're not denying care. I'm saying you will be cared for at home. And that Mm. is a new trend in medicine. They don't want Mm. you in the hospital. I said, if you had the flu, they wouldn't want you to come to the emergency room. And I said, they treated you for, they've been treating you for your heart failure at home. Come on, Mom. And she said, well, now she came around and said, yeah, you know, you got a point there. If people are going to refuse. No, it's true. They are. They don't want people no, in the hospital. Gonna... And so, you, you know, you can't have that. Anyway, my 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 start to my comment is, is, Tom, is that, you know what? When the right wing are not in power, they just, in fact, even when they are, they just go back to beating the same old dead horse memes. And this oh, climate is always changing. We, you can just list them. There's, what, six or eight or ten of them, gays, yeah. whatever. It's the same. And now they've gotten so they can really troll us, just like a big brother teasing you. They can say anything, and we go out of our minds. And what this does, Tom, is it gets us down in the mud so we can't move on. And so it's yeah. the old saying, it is the idiot who argues with the fool. The fool is acting silly, but it's only the idiot who argues with someone who's acting silly. So yeah. that's what we're doing. Okay. It is, and it's what I'll continue to do, Paul, you know, in defense <laughs> of my own programming here. Jim in Long Beach, California. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind today? I agree with almost all of your recommendations. Uh, but I'm going to support, especially at this moment, for a special prosecutor about the January 6th movement. Mm. because Mm. uh, that house did all winds together. That's based on false information, money behind it and all that, which measure up probably pretty closely to anti-vaxxers. But what we have to understand is why they believe that. And there's a real lack of education and a real undermining of education by moneyed interests. I would like to uh, say in terms of resistance to the vaccines and the lack of information is that it's actually never been uh, the vaccines, and none of them have been declared safe and effective. They're all still experimental. When people hear shaming, they hear being told what to do rather than being informed. And if I might add one more thing, Fauci himself one time stated what the path to building up your immune system personally at home was through vitamin D3, etc. You know, people are have different approaches to it so but that is not prophylactic jim for there is evidence that people who have uh, normal or above normal levels of both zinc and vitamin d in their bloodstreams have slightly better outcomes when they get covid they're less likely to die or they're less likely to suffer serious disease or maybe it's actually the other way around those people who are deficient in those nutrients are the ones who are most likely to crash and burn but that is not prophylactic against that against that it's not like a vaccine and yes the vaccines have experimental have temporary permission but that does not mean that this is a giant science experiment that's being done on people the experiments were have been done over the last six years these mrna vaccines have been around for quite a while Um, this is the first time that they've been applied specifically to this particular protein and this particular virus Um, but people were working with them on MERS back five years ago, uh, the Middle Eastern version of of COVID. They actually didn't work for MERS as far as they could tell, but MERS is a real tough one because it's got something like a 50% fatality rate. So, you know, how do you test this on people? It's an education process, not just telling people what to do. That's why they're resistant. They're resisting told what to do. You know, it has to be education, not just you got to do it. And I agree that you know, I'm not going to go into my acupuncturist without a mask. He won't let me. He's from China. He said, remember, they built a hospital in a week or 10 days 
that was isolation of the people, and they don't have a problem. And we're talking about totally different things here, but they solved the problem. And we somehow forget and don't educate people about the system that could be a bit different. That's all. Oh, if if Trump had simply put a mask mandate into place back in February or March, which, by the way, he was planning on doing. They they pulled it on the week of April 7th when they discovered that mostly it was black people who were dying in mostly blue states. But if they had just put a mask mandate into place like most other countries did, we would have saved 400,000 lives. And you've got people like Deborah Burks now coming out using that number and saying so. 400,000 Americans died who didn't have to die simply because Donald Trump thought masks were not manly. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Exposing the con in conservative. Stick around. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Andrea in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, you are on the air. Well, Tom, I guess it's the question should be to laminate or not to laminate. The nurse at the hospital where I got my two shots okay. told me not to la- told me not to laminate it because and this was in early March that most likely we were going to get boosters and they were to be entered in onto this card. And possibly we were going to have to have those, some kind of showing on those, if we ever went to get on an airplane, it would be valuable. And likewise, people that I know have just went ahead and laminated their Social Security card. Mine was over 20 years old when I had to go to the Social Security building for some questions. And I went there, and as I went to pull it out of my wallet space there where it was, I apologized to the garden. I had to show it. And I had I said to him, you know, this is so rough and edge. I think I'm going to laminate it. He said, ma'am, that's against federal law. It's right on the front of your card. And I have an old one. Really? And it's wow. I didn't know that. If you have an older card, I I don't know about the new ones. But if you have an older card, it was right on the front of mine. Yeah. It shocked me, too, because all of my friends have already yeah. laminated their federal law. Right. <laughs> Same here. Of course, know. you know, it's against federal law. I mean, there's a lot of things it's against federal law to do. You know. I thought about this, you know, when I first got my sh- first shot. I, I had two shots because I had Pfizer. And I got the first shot, and I stuck the card in my pocket. I keep my, uh, my credit cards and my driver's license in my right front jeans pocket. So they're just always there. And I never have to think about them. I don't carry a wallet. They don't occupy a lot of space. So I just stuck the card in there. And when I went back for the second shot, I pulled the card out and it was all bent up and the edges were starting Mm -hmm. to get ripped off because, you know, everything else in there is a plastic credit card, you know, or my driver's license. And, and so I thought, okay, I need to laminate this. It does seem if there's a booster, like they could put the sticker on top of the laminate. I've got a change of address sticker on my driver's license and it's just a paper sticker. Wouldn't that be possible? 
gosh, I don't know. They always give you that little sticker. You know, I've been vaccinated. Could they carry it a little bit further and make it more legal? Mm -hmm. Possibly so. But it was the nurse's advice at the hospital when she gave me both shots. She said, take a picture of the front and the back, and then you always carry your phone with you. Mm -hmm. Then if you need to show it, she said, you could pretty soon the grocery stores might say, do you have both your shots, ma'am? Well, yes, I do. Well, how do I have proof? Well, here it is. It's in my cell phone. And I thought that was the best yeah. thing to yeah. do. Yeah, well, so and I agree. And that's something I haven't done yet. And thank you for the reminder. I will do it this afternoon after we get off the air, as I have not taken a picture of my vaccine card and put it in my phone, uh, both sides of it. Uh, in fact, I haven't taken a picture of either side of it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Louise hasn't either. And we both need to do that. Andrea, thank you. Thank you. What an information-filled day it is, right? It's just a wonderful day. Judy in Susanville, California. Hey, Judy, what's on your mind? I just wanted to talk about laminating your COVID shot card. I got Mm -hmm. my COVID shots through Lassen Community Health, and they said do not laminate the original card because there will be booster shots and follow-up shots. I know that Moderna is working on trying to set up a booster shot that will cover the um, variants that are out there. They said make a copy of the front and the back of the original card on cardstock. Laminate that. Put the original card away in a safe place. When it's time for a booster, bring your original card. I know a lot of people have already laminated their cards. You've got a couple of companies here that are offering it as a free service. Why couldn't, when you get your booster shot, why couldn't they just put that sticker on top of the plastic laminate? Why does it have to go on the paper? Because the stickers will wear off, the stickers will peel off, Mm. the stickers can get Mm. destroyed. But writing in black ink on paper and then laminating that cannot ever be destroyed. I get it. I get it. Okay. I'm... I think I'm going to take your advice, Judy. Thank you very much for the call. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Larry in 29 Palms, California. Hey, Larry, what's up? I'm an avid Argentine tango dancer, and I have been going to festivals all over the country for 15 years. But all wow. the tango festivals have stopped, you know, when the COVID came. Well, mm-hmm. Tucson is now advertising that they're doing a tango festival on the 4th of July. That tango festival has sold out. And when I talked to the promoter, he told me I was a fool for saying that that's not the right thing to do. And I just need a reality check. Am I being crazy not going to this and not thinking it's a good thing to do? The question that I would ask, Larry, before I, and and this is the question that I will be asking as Louise and I start venturing out of the house. And the question that I will be asking is, is everybody vaccinated? And more than two weeks past their second shot, if it's a two-shot vaccine. Before I'll go to a restaurant, I'm going to call that restaurant and I'm going to say, do you require proof of vaccination? And if they say no, I'm going to say, here's my phone number. Please call me when you do, and I will consider patronizing your business. Uh, If I'm going to go to a hotel, I will ask the same question. If I was going to go to a tango, I I don't tango, but if I was going to go to a tango festival, I'd say, are you requiring proof of vaccination? If you are, I would be, I would love to be there. If you are not, I don't feel safe and I'm not going to come. I noticed that one of the sports teams for one of the games this weekend is putting together a section in the stands just for people who are vaccinated and you've got to show proof of vaccine. It's a beginning point. But I think that this is going to be the new selling point for businesses. The new benefit added that they can add is that if, you know, the bar down the street or the restaurant down the street, they'll take anybody, but we're only taking people who will present their card, their vaccine card. And we're actually going to look at it and, you know, filter out the phonies. That's what I would do, Larry. I'm pretty sure they're asking for that at this festival, but I'm 70 years old, and I just don't feel safe going to it, even though, you know, everybody would have been vaccinated. I still don't think a gathering of 135 people dancing chest to chest with, you know, women like that is just, to me, you know, with our faces together, that just doesn't seem safe to me. 
It doesn't seem safe to me either, Larry. I would not want you to diss this particular festival, but there's always next year, right? Lord willing. That's what I would do. Larry, I got to move along. But speaking of which, Matthew in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hey, Matthew, thanks for listening. What's going on in Michigan? One thing I should just point out is the governor here has done kind of two full shutdowns up to this point. You're talking about a possible third full shutdown. Just got news this morning that there are some counties in Michigan over towards the Thumb region, which is a very red rural area, as you know. They've got mm-hmm. positivity rates approaching 30%. And they talked to wow. one of the medical directors for the hospital chains out there, and he's just beside himself. He tried 14 different hospitals to send people to. Saginaw, Detroit, and Grand Rapids, of course, they won't take them. Here's where I think the issue is with the governor in Michigan right now. Legislature has done nothing but block her and stop her at every possible attempt. They have not once led on any of this. It's been constant defense from the Republican legislature here. So she's had to deal with that. Here's what the issue is. And you're right about all of the people with the guns coming after her. She's got a ton on her plate. Here's a, here, I think, is the problem she's facing. I think the issue of noncompliance, especially in these red counties here, I think even if she was to try another shutdown, it would do one of two things. One, it would exacerbate the crazy right-wingers who threatened her life the first time and make them that much more emboldened. And number two, I don't think even if she was to fully shut down again, Tom, there's a third of this state that's not even going to comply regardless of what that woman says. So I think she's faced with two problems there. Non-compliance is going to be huge. If she shut everything down, I think people still would not follow the rules and just do whatever the heck they wanted here. Just what I'm seeing on the ground here in Michigan. Republicans killing off their own kind? It's bizarre. You know, I'm here in Grand Rapids, the home of Gerald Ford, and you mentioned about the future of the Republican Party, and we are a thousand million miles away from where Gerald Ford was just 40-some years ago here in Grand Rapids. And oh, he vaccinated the whole country for swine flu. Exactly. We are so far away from Carter and Ford and that era of caring for the country. And I don't know where it goes, but it's almost like a lot of the Republicans here are almost like on a self-suicide mission. They won't get vaccinated. They keep throwing the conspiracies around. They won't wear masks. It's freedom this and freedom that, repression and the tyrannical governor. And I just don't get how they don't understand where we have to get through this together somehow. And the governor's in a really tough spot. I do not envy her, but the legislature has done nothing and continues to just throw up roadblocks. I don't have the answer, but she's in a really tough spot. So you're right. And if I had somebody threatening my life, I'd be on the fence, too, about shutting down again. I mean, they got close. They got real, real close the first time. And it won't go away when she leaves office either, which is the, the saddest part of it all. Matthew, thank you. Thanks for the report from Michigan, from the town where I was born. I appreciate it. It's, it's great to hear from you. Thank you. Ray in Chicago. Hey, Ray, what's on your mind? I was listening to your show on my way to my uncle's funeral. I heard you say something about your rotator cuff. and I think I uh, tore or stretched something, yeah, because it hurts like hell. I couldn't sleep mm-hmm. last night. It hurt so bad. Oh, ow. Sorry to hear that. However, I do have a remedy. It may or may not work, but it's natural. One, get some peppermint oil and rub it on Mm -hmm. that spot that hurts. Also, Mm -hmm. rub on, I think it's ginseng oil. Rub Mm -hmm. that on it. That should help. Okay. Ray, thank you. Uh, there's somebody on Twitter yep. suggested Blue Emu, which I've never tried before, but I have a feeling I'm going to be trying all these things. I had a frozen shoulder about 10 years ago, and it seemed to go through mm-hmm. the same process. Just insane screaming pain that feels like there's a couple of small Ooh. muscles torn in the back for a couple mm-hmm. of days, and then it just turns into this giant throb and freezes up your, mu- your shoulder for six months. We'll see. <laughs> I hope that's not the okay. case. Chris in Brooklyn, New York. Hey, Chris, what's up? Yeah, Tom, good luck with that. I got no advice for your shoulder. Time will tell. I got a happy COVID story for you, okay? Okay. On the 23rd, like last month, you know, like I went and I got my COVID shot, right? Five days later, I have a bad fever overnight, 102 degrees, whatever. I I track it. Three days later, I walk down the block to, uh, I live in New York City. So about a year ago, they set up COVID testing centers around the city. And there's one Mm -hmm. nearby me about a mile away. So I go there. And 10 minutes later, I walk away, I got a PCR test. And then the next day, I get a thing in, the, in the, uh, my email telling me, 
you got COVID. Congratulations. Two options Whoa. come up from the city. Do you need to stay in a hotel or do you need food? Because mm. from that day, you have 10 days forward where you don't go out. You're quarantined. Right. Right. So every day I get a text from the city that's asking about my condition. And I answer mm-hmm. back. And I'm tracking it on my end, and it's going back and forth. I talk to my doctor. My doctor says, you know, I think maybe you're getting a palliative effect from this. You know, it's helping you out. Because between Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, by the time I went and got the COVID test, my temperature went from 102 to basically stuck around 100 for about a week or nine. And, so you um, think the vaccine gave you some delivery. protection? Is that the bottom line, yeah, Chris? So yeah, yeah, it gave me some protection. I'm getting the food deliveries. I tried to like get my second shot two days ago, but the pharmacist there told me to come back next week because I was too close mm-hmm. to the date. The second one, I was filling out the form on the on the pad. It's just like, have you tested for like you know COVID lately? And you know, then they get stirred up and they're like, okay, come back next week and get your second Pfizer shot. But yeah, I'm right. thinking, hoping because the thing is, I already had cancer to begin with, and Hashimoto's mm-hmm. from an, uh, something else last year. So. If you're recovering, it's definitely a good story. And my best friend, Jerry, in New York, got the first COVID shot. And then four days later, somebody walked into his house with active COVID. Didn't realize it that day, but they learned the next day. He got COVID and he ended up in the hospital and, you know, was close to ending up on a ventilator. He ultimately didn't and he recovered. Just because you got the shot doesn't mean you're good. You got to wait a couple well, of weeks before you expose yourself. It inside of me before I got the shot, but it's a good thing I got it. At oh, you think? As far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Okay. I'm feeling I get I'm it. only coming yeah. out of it. It's taking a little while. Good luck, Chris. I'm glad to hear from you, and thanks for sharing your story. Ken in Northbrook, Illinois. Ken, what's on your mind today? What I see right now around me all the time is getting so aggravating with regard to this right-wing republic insanity. The whole RICO law thing, to me, hopefully will have the best and brightest minds involved in our democracy and, and legal system starting to force a penance to be paid by this insanity that's going on, whether it's allowable propaganda from Fox News and whatever. Um, I'm tired of sitting in diners listening to yesterday's Fox News on conspiracy theory. They don't know that Kamala Harris was born in Oakland, California. So there was talk about Nancy Pelosi's criminal mind figuring out Biden's going to die and she'll end up as president. Uh, these these people are really objectionable. Anyway, um, thank you for your good works because people need to pay more attention to what's going on. And there are people that are running roughshod above the law and it's bad, bad, bad stuff. Paul in Benton, Pennsylvania. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind? Thanks for watching Free Speech TV. I just wanted to say I got my second dose of Pfizer vaccine this morning. Question about the direction of the Republican Party. I think they're going to go full-blown fascist. And the reason I say that, a couple weeks ago you had a caller from Arkansas talking about all the Trump signs in people's yards and everything. And then you just Mm -hmm. had a couple callers ago from Grand Rapids explaining what was going on up there. And I'm seeing the same thing here in Pennsylvania, getting the feel of the same attitude. These people, they're not saying a lot, but you could just tell they're seething. I mean, they're just they're just mm-hmm. burning. They're chomping at the bit, ready to go for 2022. If you remember, our, you know, back in 2020, you know, they were talking, oh, blue tsunami, we're going to take the House and the Senate and everything else. And we never picked up those Senate seats that we were supposed to. We only got those two in Georgia, and that was a squeaker. You know, we lost seats in the House. These people are, they're emboldened. We have the governor's got the same problem here. We have restaurants that never, ever complied with the shutdown. Pennsylvania is one of the states, five states, that has 44% of all the COVID cases in the country out of those five states. Pennsylvania is one of them. We got 6,000 cases a day. As every day goes by, there's more and more people not wearing masks. You ride by restaurants, the parking lots are full. I have a feeling that these people are so empowered and everything that Democrats might lose the House and the, you know and that you know one vote margin in the Senate in 2022. And they are organizing. I mean, they're organizing below the 
what would you call it, the uh, event Under horizon. the radar. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they're under the radar. A lot of this is going on on Telegraph, on Parler, uh, in private groups on Facebook. I'm seeing the trolls pop up with greater frequency over on Twitter. People who clearly are either not Americans or if they are, they're, they're uh, either very bizarre in their thoughts or they're being well paid. Do you think that Pennsylvania, I mean, Pennsylvania is right on the edge. You've got a Democratic governor and, and statewide offices. You've got a bunch of Republicans who basically control your legislature because of gerrymandering. Do you think you're going to lose Pennsylvania? You know, it's a possibility. John Fetterman, who is our lieutenant governor now, he's going to run for uh, Pat Toomey's seat in the Senate. You know, and I'm definitely going to support him. But, you know, this is just a feeling I get. And like I said, you know, just being on the ground and out and about and everything, and from what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing, it's kind of like a lot with that fellow up there in uh, Grand Rapids was talking about. I mean, I, I saw a parallel, like, right away to what he was talking about. Maybe it's not as bad here as up there, but uh, it's, it's critical, I'd say, nonetheless. Yeah, I totally get it. Paul, thanks. Thanks for the report from Pennsylvania. I appreciate it. Alan in Seattle. Hey, Alan, what's on your mind? A few thoughts on the patents and the pandemic. Should all the mistakes be made, i.e. the drug companies prevail and they keep their patents, and India says, no, we're not going to pay you, it's an Occam's razor, simply because if the virus isn't going to stop mutating, and so at some point in time in the future, the vaccines developed will be non-effective against the variants that are developing in India, and therefore their patents would be almost worthless. Good point. Given how rapidly this virus mutates, I mean, there are some viruses that mutate very, very slowly and, and very rarely, like measles, for example. You know, it's still a polio has not mutated consequentially. And I'm not a virologist. I don't understand or know why, you know, one virus is more likely to mutate than others. But we certainly have seen this with the flu virus. And every now and then a mutation with the flu virus comes along that just is lethal. I mean, you know, the Spanish flu of 1918 killed a half a million Americans. I think it was 600,000 Americans. We are, we probably have had more deaths from COVID. Obviously, the numbers have been undercounted, particularly in states like Florida that made it difficult to count the deaths. So we probably had, you know, the same number of deaths. But that's with normal COVID, right? That's not with the new variants that are even more deadly. And what happens when one comes along that instead of having a one, two, three, four percent fatality rate, has a 40% mortality Ouch. rate? And the reason I raise that is not just some alarmist crazy crap that I pulled off the top of my head. The SARS viruses, these coronaviruses, the, this particular type of viruses that are all called, I think SARS stands for what? Severe, acute, respiratory, whatever it is. Anyway, those SARS viruses, including the original SARS virus, the original SARS virus killed about half the people who got it. Remember? I mean, the one that started in Hong Kong and that we shut down within a few months. And now you've got MERS, M-E-R-S, which is the Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome. And MERS is related to this coronavirus also. And MERS has a fatality rate between 30 and 40%. I mean, it's really seriously deadly stuff. So if this coronavirus, which is in that family, mutates and acquires that level of lethality, and that mutation also makes it immune to viruses, we're in deep yeah. crap, Alan. I mean, we're in deep <laughs> trouble. And the thing that is increasing the probability of that kind of doomsday scenario, and I'm not saying that's gonna happen, I think the odds are, you know, are very much against it, but hey, we're talking literally hundreds of billions of viruses in one human body, in every person who's infected, and now we've got billions of people, right? So we're talking hundreds of trillions of trillions of viruses out there reproducing very, very rapidly. Every few seconds, viruses are reproducing. So the probability of mutation, and, because, and this is one that mutates fairly easily, the probability of mutation is quite high. So we have an absolute international imperative to stop this virus, to stop this mutation process and get it at least under control worldwide for a while so we can take a breather and get ready for when it mutates. So when the, when the flu of 1918 version or the MERS version 
of the COVID-19 coronavirus, SARS coronavirus comes along, we'll be ready for it, or we'll be at least partly ready for it. And instead, what we've got is Fox News telling people not to get vaccinated. You got Donald Trump hiding the fact that he's vaccinated. You've got half the Republicans in the U.S. Congress refusing to say if they're vaccinated. You've got all these mask holes, you know, running up to people. And you had this guy, this woman the other day in in New York going after an Asian, an elderly Asian couple with a hammer because they were wearing masks. I mean, this is the kind of insanity is being promulgated by the right. They're doing it for the short term political benefit because Trump and the Republicans think that if they can keep the virus circulating in the United States, they can prevent Biden from fully opening the economy. If they can prevent him from opening the economy, they can prevent him from an economic recovery. If they can prevent him from an economic recovery, then Republicans have a good chance in the 2022 and 2024 elections. That's their calculus. And they are literally risking billions of lives to do it. They were willing to let 500,000 people die earlier on. We saw this huge spike where you know hundreds of thousands of people died between September and January during the election period when Donald Trump was pushing so hard to reopen the economy so that the economic numbers would look good so that he would get reelected. He was willing to let a couple hundred thousand people die for that. And we now know from the studies that it was at least 400,000 unnecessary American deaths because Trump pushed to open the economy. And all the Republicans did with him. But now we're talking not just 400,000 people. We're talking, you know, 400 million people, maybe 4 billion people. We're talking a disease that could, you know, really scrub the earth of human beings and a lot of other animals as well. By the way, this thing, you know, affects other mammals as well. So Mm -hmm. I think that you have just put your finger on the very, very tip of a very, very large problem. And well said. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 